0: ladies and gentlemen we are still very much in the beginning and and still i think somebody i heard on the radio yesterday well now we're past the time where you should say happy new year i was like really it's still like the really? i don't know but anyway yeah. still happy new year to you uh this is msp initiative uh msp talk uh this is our second episode of the year so buckle up and uh let's get some housekeeping out of the way and then we'll get into the good stuff M oh wrong place uh mspinitiative.com this is where everything that we do is uh is here right so you should see the website here mspinitiative.com under sessions this very session is being recorded it will be posted on our podcatchers and youtube and all the other places you can see we have tons of you know these sessions going back to march of 2020 uh we have two not one but two msp community minds events this year Uh, We did our first one last year in Denver and it worked out to be pretty well. Different format, you know, trying to change the educational uh, kind of delivery, right? So MSP panels and then workshops, not 45 minute PowerPoint presentations, actual legitimate workshops, at least two hours Bs. So we have two of these coming up this year. Uh, One in Nashville, April 17th and 18th, one in Denver again, uh, July 24th and 25th. Those are the dates. Uh, It does not cost one penny to register for these events as an MSP. There's no $3.99, nine ninety nine. dollars 99 $5.99, $9.99. This is $0 um, you know, for you to actually register and join us as an MSP. So still got to get there. Understand there's a cost there, but like there's no event fee uh, for whatever it's worth. So check this out under Community Minds on the MSP Initiative website. Uh, then we get to our block parties. Last year, we had six. Uh couple in Europe, the rest here in the U.S., had our big blowout one at IT Nation at the end of the year where we had um, Ezra Ray Hart, which was a combination of Better Than Ezra Sugar Ray and Tonic the year before we had um, the All-American Rejects. So we're on a little bit of a roll. So this year uh, we have many planned, some in Europe, uh, obviously some here in the U.S. And I believe we may even sneak one down into like Australia uh, for our guys down under. So um, this is like our payback to the community. They are a labor of love. They are a lot of work, uh, but man, are they a good time. And we hope that we, you know, we we leave you with pretty memorable, uh, pretty memorable time. So stay tuned. Uh, We'll have plenty of these guys. Look, we have some already listed here. So you can see uh, what our game plan is uh, for 2024. Uh, We have some community offers. So these are just vendors in the space that are trying to hook you up with some deals. You know, if they work for you, feel free. And then, lastly, is our industry calendar. I know a lot of people try and do this. Uh, we do it just if anything to keep ourselves and you know uh, organized. Uh, so there's a uh, somewhere like 250 to 300 events posted for the entire month, uh, entire year of 2024. These are not our events, although I, the couple of you know our events are in there. Uh, but these are all of the industry events that we think are viable uh, that you know show up across the calendar year. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be more added to this because some people just didn't get to presenting their stuff until we got into the actual calendar year 24, but um, use this to, you know, to your own ad- advantage, right. To figure out what's going on. Uh, as there's so many events, if you really wanted to, you could be on the road uh, every day of the year or every week of the year for that matter. I think that um, I don't recommend that you do that. Uh, I think you should pick the ones that make sense for you. Uh, and if you don't uh, know, you know, cause there's just so many to choose from, a lot of people out there that can give you their opinion on what they thought they, you know, from one versus the other. So, um, so there it is, MSPinitiative.com. That's all of the things that we do here. Uh, and without further ado, we bring our special guest on for today, uh, Mr. Tim Golden. How are you doing today, Tim?
1: Hey, George. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm doing pretty well, actually, for the fourth day of uh, being sick and having strep throat. So, yeah, yeah. it kind of crushed me over the holiday, but. Much better so far. And first, let me just start by saying thank you so much. The block party at IT Nation this year, as a first-time vendor, it was really great for us. You know, a lot of connections, a lot of good, you know, community conversation, a lot of hanging out, great music. As an '80s lover myself, right? And so, you know, for those uh, vendors that will see this, I highly recommend that you look into working with george um it was really great for us as as you know a partnership and a sponsorship with you all so just wanted to thank you for that cuz
0: uh, you know I, I, as a I, vendor did, I, you never love. <laughs>
1: yeah, well you know as a vendor you never really know right like there are vendors that have a proven track record and you know as you know we're just starting out here you know a year year plus in like where our dollars are best spent. And I thought it was, you know, I thought it was really great. And truth be told, like we're actually getting some, you know, some good feedback from those that went to the event and then our partners. And so, so as a vendor, I strongly suggest you reach out to George and team over there.
0: Well, I really appreciate that, Tim. I mean, Last night there was a uh, we, were, we were talking about a podcast that Eric over at uh, the MSPAT channel ran about events, and I we probably could have ran that for another three hours uh, if we really wanted to. But um, you know, I don't want to get too much on a soapbox, but I'm going to say it because it needs to be said, and I'll say it as many times you know as it can be said until people absorb mm-hmm. it. Um, people absolutely take your money, right? Uh, yeah. like if screen and your or if your credit card swipes, if your bank account works. They will take your money. Whether you get anything back in return for it, uh is anyone's guess. Um, no guarantee. Uh, but you know, the only it's like the house always wins, right? Casino edition. Yeah. And um, you know, it's very hard when you, and we'll talk about this during the session, right? When you when you go, when you're on the aisle of the attendee, the IT service provider, the MSP, and you go to these events over time, you think, hey, I understand what's going on here. I understand the game. And then you cross. Dial to the other side. And then yep. all of a sudden you realize, oh my lord, this is like a desert landscape where people are just, you know, bazookaing each other uh for yep. life. And it's like, I didn't know it was like this. Uh well, surprise. So um mm-hmm. the math is definitely you know tilted away from your favor, especially as an early kind of startup, yep. uh that you just you don't know what you don't know. So Uh, I wish I knew early on in my journey, you know, like you can easily drop six figures like this and like, like you may not get anything in return for that. And that's hard to swallow because that's like going and buying something in cash. You roll in with the briefcase, you know, you you pop the, you know, here you go, give me the hundred thousand dollar car. And you're like, "What? I would never do that. Right. So, um, it's hard to swallow when you get to the other side of that transaction, you realize you're in trouble, but, Um, Yeah, I mean, we could
1: probably spend hours discussing this, you know, I was listening, listening in last night, and and obviously chatting today. Yeah, you know, when I think of conferences, and this is one of the things that I like that you're kind of bringing forward too is, you know, there are there are a couple of others in the space. Like, don't pitch me, even as a vendor, I'm like, don't pitch me, you know, I'm going to be doing a couple of pre days here, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, not, I'm not bringing my sales team, I'm bringing me. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, this is how to do this work. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you do it in Excel or, you know, pen and paper, I'm going to teach you how to do the work, Mm -hmm. do it in whatever tool. In fact, I probably won't sell you my tool unless you have the people in the process. Right. And so, you know, there are some good conferences. There's some great stuff like what you're doing. Mind if I say our friends over at MSP geek, what they're doing right there. I think there's a shift in the conference stuff, both from a vendor perspective in value, but also from an attendee and like, why am I here? Why am I spending, you know, $7,000 to send my staff, time, flights, out of office, like, and I think there's a shift coming. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the next several years play out in the conference realm. I think COVID really changed the, the idea, now, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a people person, you know, I love to hang out and I'm around people. So there's that value to me at at a minimum. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple of years. But again, if you're an MSP, reach out to George, look at what they're doing over there. I mean, you can go to his conferences for free. You said George, right? Like, okay. So you're you're into it for maybe a thousand dollars for a hotel and, you know, airfare. And then yeah, sure, having somebody out of the office, but yeah, I think a free event when you're looking at others that are seven or eight hundred dollars a pop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, um, at the end of the day, here here's what I see. Uh, to kind of summarize what, you know, the, the conversation. As a somebody who is you know, you know, in your business or working on your business or running an IT services or a technical company, like. I don't expect you to spend a lot of time outside of your business. Maybe you have a couple of times a year where it makes sense for you to figure out what's next, what's coming, what's working. Um, mm-hmm. and, so, and and we always say, Hey, like go to an event where you think you're going to add value. Sometimes the answer is I, I don't have a specific thing that I'm trying to solve for, you know, until you show up and you realize what you didn't know. Right. Uh, but that yep. being said, right. Like, you know, Sometimes you need to alternate what you're, what you're, where you're going to, and 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 you know sometimes you know you need a different perspective and a different audience and a different you know uh, set of things that are going to be talked about at that particular place. Um, but like, set out to do to to educate yourself, right? There's no continuing educa- education credits in IT MSP land, right? You almost need to force yourself mm-hmm. to you know to go down the lane. So, um, so you know I think there's a lot of good value to be had. Uh, But if you don't know, ask, right? There's a lot of smart people out there that will share. From a vendor standpoint, we could probably have an entire dissertation on what makes sense and what doesn't. At the end of the day, I just think, and and it was said very well last night by uh, like Ken Patterson, for example, right? Like the community that we all exist in, whether we know it or not, uh, is alive and well if you want to participate. And I would encourage you to participate because if you're still operating under you know, castle mentality, where like, everybody's your competitor, don't talk to me, I'm going to have my moat with my alligators. And yeah, you stay on your side. Uh, I think that that, you know, all you're doing is making it harder on yourself. And sometimes it makes sense to learn from other people rather than, you know, cutting your teeth the hard way, every step.
1: Totally agree. And that, you know, and I'll, I'll leave this last piece, and move on from conference conversation. And that is, We are a community, and there are so many people wanting and willing to give big good or bad give advice for free. I see it every week in my peer group, every week. This one asks a question, and three other people answer, and then they get on their own call and do their own thing after. And I'm like, great. So stick your nose in it. Don't be shy. Stop defending your castle in that regards. But in compliance, we want you to defend your castle.
0: (laughs) So uh, usually what I like to do, especially if, you know, know, we're talking to people and a lot of people listen to this after the fact that don't know who you are. So a little walk down memory lane so people understand like your background right before we go into the modern, you know, kind of current conversation. Go for it.
1: Yeah, so uh, I've been working in the IT field since probably before most of the people were born that were listening. That are listening. Well, maybe not you, George. Maybe we're pretty close. Um, been at an MSP, uh, doing federal government contract work up until January first. So I am four days. I was there, like dwindling down, but I've been an, a, a contractor working in the federal government space, doing governance, risk, and compliance, and building web based applications and a bunch of other things for the feds since 2006, seven, something like that. And, um, you know, and as I got more involved in the community here in the MSP space, I realized just how much A, they fear compliance b they don't really know a lot about what it is and in that vein of i want to share and give back started doing you know some one on one conversations which quickly evolved into giving two days a week for free uh, yeah not sustainable <laughs> so all that years of governance and compliance and understanding NIST and you know FedRAMP and all the buzzwords getting more involved in the community and recognizing hey this is coming whether you know it or not in fact it's here it's been here you just it's in your face and wanting to be able to give back to the community and yeah, I mean, I guess I got to get paid along the way, right? Because, you know, I just left the MSP, so somebody's going to put food on my table. Um, and so, so we built compliance risk, soon to be compliance scorecard as a peer group, teaching MSPs all the intricacies around compliance as we started to teach them that stuff and show them the software that I wrote, the GRC tool that I wrote for me. So one framework, one client and only ran on my laptop. (laughs) They were all, I want that. Can I have that? Oh, I like how that works. And so, you know, some good friends in the space, I won't rattle off, you know, name drop or whatever, but some good friends in the space were like, Tim, you need to turn that into a multi-tenant SaaS app and provide it to the people that are asking. And that's what we did. We launched SoftLaunch a year ago, January 1st, and full launch at right of Boom last February. And so here we are with, I hate to use absolutes, but I'm going to anyways. We are the first and only governance as a service platform built by an MSP for an MSP. Now i keep yelling at my marketing team to not use absolutes like first and only (laughs) so i still feel that way but i think there's a lot of things coming to the space so
0: fair enough fair enough so and then i think recently like i don't know maybe in the last 90 days uh we heard that you had an investment by bellini capital and for anybody who doesn't recognize that name as an Arnie Bellini, former uh, founder, owner uh, of ConnectWaps.
1: I did, we did. And, and, And yeah, you know, we're pretty excited about that partnership, right? So, you know, as a founder and as a startup, you always think like bootstrap, I don't want, I want ownership, I want to retain control, you know, all the things. And so, but we also recognize like, it isn't the department of Tim right? This company can't scale and grow by myself. I know where, where. well, I think I know a lot of my shortcomings. And so, you know, where Arnie Bellini and the Bellini team really helps us, you know, business strategy. He's been in the industry for what, 25 years? Long time. On the vendor side. So it's a really great partnership. We work really well together. We're really excited about his investment because it gives us a little more breathing room, right? A lot more breathing room. It, like it it allowed me to leave my MSP and solely focus on providing great solutions to MSPs. So we're, yeah, we're pretty ecstatic about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, uh, not to go too far off the, the beaten path here, but, um, I I'm just around or just after IT Nation in November, uh, I was reading, I think, an interview on Channel EDE with Arnie saying, hey, I'm coming yep. back, it's February, yep. now expect me to be back on the scene, uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to be making some noise, I'm going to be stirring the pot, you know, it's mm-hmm. time to fix it. And, and I'm like, it's fix it? Be- I thought you built it. What do you mean fix it?
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. And I don't want to speak for Arnie, but I will. Kind of put my own spin to it, right? And so, you know, maybe you've seen on some of my LinkedIn posts the iteration of the MSP, right? Step one, I graduate high school and I have a copy of front page, and now I'm a web developer. No. Step one, I'm fixing my parents' computer. Now I'm fixing my neighbors. Now I'm fixing everybody's. And oh my gosh, I should probably charge for this. Okay. I'm a break fix. I hate to use the term, but that's what the way it works. Great. Well, you know what, if I can operational it now I can charge monthly. Great. Now I'm a managed provider and i MSP. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, this thing called compliance, this thing called security, like I should do something about that. Oh, let's add the extra S. <laughs> so, but when they go from like that path and they don't have the right defensibility in place, they don't have a you know, good, the, the right people, the right processes, the right things to actually build out a defensible program,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is what I've been seeing. And I, maybe what Arnie's been seeing, again, I don't want to speak for him, but it's like, we've been doing it wrong. Like licensing, sell licensing, sell like automate, automate, like, no, that is how the industry is today, where it needs to get back to, which is where it was in the 80s and 90s. And that is, consultative selling right Hmm. you have your lawyer you don't go to your lawyer to manager like you go to your lawyer for the advice and what they're going to give you you go to your doctor you go to these professionals that are the key person that, that that the expert right and so when it comes to it services us professionals like you george like others in the space like that's the fix that needs to happen we need to be able to be more consultive in nature we need to be able to break it down in terms that the business can understand and i break it into three categories risk revenue and reputation Mm. and if you can't have that conversation with your client you either need to hire somebody that can or just get out of the business because you're doing it wrong
0: interesting well i mean one thing's for sure, there is plenty of people uh like me, like you, Tim, who and quite frankly, I think some of the more successful companies that have popped up in our sandbox have come from people who are in the trench on the ground in the business, and they're like, I I need a I need a solution here, and I'm gonna go out and I didn't find something that fits. And yep. then you're like, there's a need. I guess I'm gonna build it because I can't find it. And then all of a yep. sudden a solution pops out, and it's like Oh, that's really cool. And then you see you know how the industry kind of pops up. i mean, let's let's be honest, a lot of the cool ideas that turned into companies didn't didn't come from the guy the big guys, right? I mean, no. sometimes you get acquired by the big guys, but they surely didn't start there,
1: yeah. and you make a really good point, right? Like I said earlier, I've been building Fedramp moderate web applications for twenty years. I know how to build a website. I know how to follow NIST 853. I know how to get third party audited and attested to. I used all the GRC tools. I could rattle off all the ones that I was paying money for and none of them did governing. None of them did a piece that I needed to be able to be successful in a GRC program. I could have went to all of them and said, can you build this? Can you add this? And I, took what I had for my resources, my, you know, dev shop of 30 people and said, here's a functional spec, go build it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and fast forward, here we are a year later with filling the gaps that the current tools didn't do.
0: Yeah. So let's, so let's rewind for a second and talk specifically about what you're solving for. A lot of MSPs aren't mm-hmm. dealing with a federal government agency nope. or, if anything, they're probably downstream from somebody who is working with the government, but maybe they're a vendor a vendor a vendor, right? And that's where things get a little bit murky. Like HIPAA, I think, was the first realization to, hey, you're not a doctor, but you are you may be bound to the same rules that the doctor should be applying to because you have access to data, right?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and then I'm going to kind of fast forward, like there's all these compliances out there depending on your industry. And it seems like, I don't know, was it December 29th? finally like cmmc, CMMC. Yeah. If for anybody that doesn't realize what that is that's basically compliance that the 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 department of defense put out and like talked about it and suggested what should be done and like we're like inching closer towards hey like we might start to actually enforce this and that and like it's not 100 percent there yet but they finally after apparently years came out on december 29th two days three days before the new year and said hey we're yeah this is our um for like this is our like formal step forward to making this uh something that we're going to enforce. Like it's not done yet, but it's net mm-hmm. further along than it's ever been. Did, did I say that right? I think I think that's what it
1: was. Yeah. Right? So so CMMC, you know, it's it's oh my gosh, I could spend three hours on this conversation. So I'll sum it up in a couple in a few couple of words. Um it's here if you deal with the defense, you probably need to deal with it. As far as how hire an expert, period. If your MSP hasn't already started doing this work or have an expert on, you know, retainer or whatever, don't. <laughs> I'll just flat out say don't. And like, and I say that because while FedRAMP is a little bit higher than CMMC, yes. There's a cost, you need to have the people, you need to have the process, you need to have the right tools. And it can be done, don't get me wrong, there are some really great MSPs that are getting into that space and are going to crush it. But if you haven't already started, you're too late. Partner with somebody who, who like, I, I don't wanna rattle off names, partner with somebody that are experts. And before you do, do your damn due diligence don't Google them because I'll guarantee you the top 20 that come up, you don't want to work with. I know that because they offer CMMC in a box and I can go on a whole nother tangent, but so, so that's CMMC. Just
0: like, that's just like turning into an MSSP in five in an hour, right? Like I see those.
1: I saw that LinkedIn post. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: I was like, I don't think that that's good. Anything. That's really bad. That's not real.
1: So so I'll leave one note with CMMC. If you haven't already started and you don't have the expertise, partner. Don't know who to partner, happy to jump on a call. You can grab my info off our website. I can help you choose. I am no longer doing that work in assessments and all that stuff. I am done. 20 years of that, I'm done. But I'm, as you know, back to the very first part of the conversation, I'm willing to offer some free advice here and there.
0: Yeah, so I just want- I applaud you right there. So again, um, I think the where people don't even realize this exists is, hey, I don't, I don't sell to the government, so like I don't even yeah. care about this. I think what where people get or will get surprised is. You're working for a manufacturer or a professional services company, an architect or whatever. And all of a sudden they call you up one day or they send you a message saying, hey, I need you to fill out this paperwork. And, they're, and you're like, oh, what is this? And they're like, well, in order yeah. for me to keep buying from you, I need you to do this. And this is not easy.
1: Yeah. And that actually, you know, take that even further. It's not even CMMC at this point. Right. So your clients, your MSP clients are getting more and more of these security questionnaires, more and more of the, hey, I wanna do business with you, do this vendor due diligence thing that then flows down to you, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, vendor due diligence isn't just you and your client, it's you and your client and their clients and their clients' clients. I mean, it's this big spider web and gets, so compliance is here. Fender due diligence, all this fun stuff. It's here, it's not going away. You know, at, what we try to do is help you simplify that, help you break it down, take these and it was literally just talking to somebody this morning. Like one of my strengths, one of our biggest strengths is to take these big, complex, potentially scary things and break them down into bite-sized actionable chunks that you can actually implement. Mm-hmm. And then by the way. Monetize and scale. Mm-hmm. Do it for yourself. Walk through the process on your own with our help. Get your own house in order, and now monetize it and scale. You know, you talked about the 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 investment in the very beginning. I bootstrapped all of this until I had Arnie. Do you know how I did that? By doing compliance as a service for dozens and dozens and dozens of companies, and I could do that because I could. I had a, I had the people, me, I had the process, I could charge lower rates than others because I was efficient mm-hmm. and I could make money to be able to support building what we're doing.
0: Okay. So this isn't just about compliance that is specific to the government. <laughs> this is, there's so many compliance frameworks. Yep. And again, if it's medical, maybe it's HIPAA. If it's financial services, maybe it's Sar- Sarbanes-Oxley. If it's uh, the ISO you know, cert- you know, know, certifications, there's... And like, here's the problem. A lot of them, and again, I- I'm no security expert. I'm no Matt Lee. I'm no Tim Golden. But um, <laughs> a lot of them, when you look at all of the things that they ask you to do, there's a pretty good cross-section, right? Of things that like, hey, if you're already doing it here, you're already good here too. And so instead of, you know having to reinvent that work over and over again, you could save yourself some time and some energy. Here's the other challenge. You know, like the example of your customer came to you and said, hey, I need you to fill out this paperwork. It's, you know, that may not just be, hey, in order for me to keep doing business with you, I need you to do this. It could be, hey, in order for your customer to keep doing business with their customer, they need to do it. And now all of a sudden they are stuck looking for help on how to check that box.
1: Exactly. And that's and that's where, and, and you know what? That's an intricate part, right? Like, so so your customer's customer needs all of this. That is one bucket of where this can come into play. But I'll even back up 10,000 feet. Cyber insurance.
0: Oh, I mean, right? it's, just, it's crazy. So.
1: I'll break down the simplest key components of cyber insurance that you hear everybody barking about. There are five or six categories, 2FA, training, blah, 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 blah. There's five or six key categories of things that they look for. Do you have an incident response plan? I do. I work with Fifth Wall to build one to give away as a free template on our website. Now you can go have an incident response plan with our friends at Fifth Wall Cyber. Okay. Do you have a cyber plan? Do you have security awareness training? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to be working with a couple of well-known security training companies to put out a free download cybersecurity training policy. Cyber insurance, as they build their data in their actuary tables, and their stuff, they're going to want more and more proof of how you're defending your castle, right? Back to the castle conversation how do you do that policies and procedures is the very first thing that every business should have period we don't think of it in cyber but on the other areas of the business i have an employee handbook i have an onboarding and offboarding right i have a new hire work form i have a you know offboarding work form like in the other areas of business we're used to doing that work it's normal as part of almost every business, right? Got three or four employees, I guarantee you're gonna have a, an employee handbook. You're gonna have how you do payroll. You're gonna have that, well, taking all of that same stuff and applying it to cyber does not have to be hard. We are, we're gonna help you make that easy. Cyber insurance is gonna help you lower your cyber insurance rates, hopefully, right? And so compliance aside, FedRAMP, CMM, like throw all that out the window. How about get your house cyber ready?
0: Hmm. Cyber yeah, ready. That's yeah. at, for all these people that say that you're compliant. A lot of the, like, sometimes the only way to say you're, compl- you know, really the correct way is to say that you're compliant ready. <laughs> right. Cause like a lot of these, and again, you've done this for a long time. I'm, I'm talking from the outside here, but like really the only way to determine if you're compliant is either you are saying uh, what do they call it self attestation. Hey, I'm telling you, yeah. I'm good. I'm signing off. But of course, if something bad happens, they come back and say, hey, right. what happened here? Or a third party's coming in and actually validating that you said that you did what you did. Here's the problem. The insurance company is going part A, right? Self-attestation. They have you fill out this stuff. And yeah. only when the problem occurs, they come back and say, well, wait a minute. You say you do this, 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 this and this. Now I'm coming and asking why. Like exactly. show me that you're actually doing that. And usually by the time you're asking those questions, they're trying to figure out how to say that you're not doing it so they don't have to pay your claim.
1: Exactly. And that's it, right? So we talked about castles before, right? And so, you know, when the thing happens, and let's hope it doesn't, you're gonna need to be standing in front of the jury of your peers. Quote quote, that might be cyber insurance, or it might actually be a jury of your peers. And Mm -hmm. the first thing they're gonna ask is, did you do what you said you were going to do or was that written down or did people even know about it, right? Did you have things in place to say we're not, it's the same thing. Like, I mean, I hate to keep coming back to the HR issue. You know, somebody tries to sue you for, you know bad employment practices or sexual harassment or any of that kind of stuff. Well. You're going to point to your handbook and say, my lawyer wrote the handbook. I'm good. And they're going to be able to look at that and go, yeah, well, you're right. It's in the handbook and the employee agreed to it. So, okay, or not. It's the same concept, except in cybersecurity and building that defensibility. Yeah. It's It's not a hard segue. What gets hard is when you throw the word compliant or compliance in the mix People get scared. It has this, you know, bad connotation to it.
0: Well, I, I think part of the problem, uh, Tim, like, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you. Maybe I'll just ask you the question outright. Have sure. you been in a situation in your you know journey where somebody who said that they were doing things got audited to confirm that they were doing things, then had to deal with uh, an incident that required them to defend that um, all the time? And- okay so that's i think that's the scary part right it's hey I, 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 i'll
1: take that even a step further and as an auditor walking into an organization saying hey do you have a password policy uh let me get back to you tomorrow okay they give me the document the next day and i'm looking at it and i'm like yeah kind of aligns but then i actually and there's a table in there that says updated in 2019 20 21 22 23 and i'm like okay but I look at the metadata, and it was created yesterday from SANS Institute. Okay, you just lied on this whole document that you've been managing for years. Like, bail. Now, Now I'm putting, as an auditor, I'm putting your integrity, your business integrity into question. I'm going to blow your whole audit because you just lied to me, like, flat out on your documents. Like, And I see that time and time and time again as an auditor. I'm going to go grab a template because I needed it because you just asked for it and I didn't have it, so I found one. Well, first and foremost, as auditors and as legal teams and lawyers and judges, we know all these templates. We're very familiar with them because they're all over the internet and we keep seeing them time and time and time again because they're all generic and they all... Yeah, so so conversely, templates can be really helpful. I don't want to, you know, totally nix the whole template because we have a document library. The point that I'm trying to make is that don't lie because you will get caught. Well, especially, I mean, especially in the digital age where everything has a fingerprint.
0: But Tim, I went to my peer group. I went to the guy that I met at the conference and I said, hey, do you mind sharing? And then they just change the logo at the top and hit save. I mean, how many, yeah, times, well, how many times? Yeah, I
1: mean, it happens. It happens, right? And you see this with MSAs, right? Brad Gross talks about this all the time. Eric Tilds, Brad Gross, all our MSP lawyer friends talk about this all the time. The problem is it is not tailored to that business practice. Mm-hmm. It is not specific to you and what you're doing. Uh, MSAs are the same way, like, hey, I got it from the guy I met in New Hampshire and I'm in Timbuktu. Well, the laws are different in each state, okay? So copy, paste, company name, and logo ain't going to work. The same is true in in cybersecurity policies. We need to be able to take the time. And this is what our platform does is we call it the alignment phase. Take the document and actually align it to the business practices in place and number one, it's never done. You're always iterating okay. because things change.
0: Let me flip it the other way. Sure. They go to sign up. They say, I have nothing. Give me the policies. So, of sure. course, their partner or whatever says, all right, here are the policies. But then, like, having them in paper is one thing. Following what they gave you, completely different, right? Like, somebody knocks on your door and says, give me a policy. Here you go. But then, like in reality, like that's sitting on the shelf collecting dust. We don't actually do that.
1: Yeah, and that's that's another big problem is you know shelfware, right? Things. I mean, let's face it. SharePoint is where documents go to die, right? And, and uh, thanks, Sean Lardo, for that. <clears throat> I use that every single day. Um, there's a couple of other key pieces. So yes, the alignment piece, writing it to the business practices in place, the authorization piece, like. This needs to come from the top down. If you don't have executive buy-in, if there's not consequences, we actually like rewards better as we look at rewarding people for doing the work they're supposed to be doing as opposed to punitive. But executive buy-in, that authorization, the CEO says, this is our employee handbook Mm -hmm. or this is our password policy and I'm going to follow it. The next big piece of that is end user adoption and training. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of platforms that essentially like upload your word document and we'll send it out. Okay. Well, you missed all the stuff before that, which is the platform that we built the adoption and training piece. I mean, we talked insurance, everybody's been barking about cyber security training, you know, ongoing training. Like it is a thing, like it's not going away because the humans are the weakest link. Now, how can I help prove that in our platform? Yeah, we got some secret sauce, secret sauce for that. But the biggest component is let your users know the why, teach them on the how, and help them ensure that they adopt it as part of their daily life. And then put the guardrails in place to make sure that they're doing it.
0: Yeah, sounds great. But once again, <laughs> how many times did we find out that the, uh, the issue happened because, well, MGM was not too long ago. I think it was like three months ago now. You know, like somebody called in, said there was somebody they weren't, you know, but, but the
1: phone, password yeah.
0: reset, and off you go, and they're in, right? Like, I don't know if I call that a hack, Tim. That's just a straight-up human being problem.
1: Yeah, that's that's a process breakdown, right? If they had maybe multiple different, like, I, like, I'll, like, that's a really good example, but I'll pick on wire fraud, for example, mm-hmm. right? So, wire fraud happens, we know it happens. And why does it happen? Because you have one person in accounting that deals with both sides of the banking. Mm-hmm. And she gets an email that looks like it's from the CEO to buy gift cards or pay a bill. Mm-hmm. Well, she never actually asked the CEO, Hey, is this legit? Okay, that's a process breakdown. Mm hmm you know we in our business here like my co-founder my wife manages all the business side and the billing and all that stuff but before she pays a bill i get a text message from the platform that says do you approve this hmm. so we have a process like anything over a certain dollar threshold we have two people check on it the person in, like in this case with mgm maybe there was a process. I don't know all the gory details. Maybe the human didn't follow the process. Maybe they did, I don't know. But if there are checks and balances in place, then it's less likely to happen. I'm not saying it will never happen because we all make mistakes. We're all fallible. I mean, crap happens, right? People do dumb, I mean, I do dumb stuff all the time. (laughs) You know, there's and, and like, oh, look, you know, pay my bill for $500. Oh, yeah, sure, yes. And if I didn't actually like her back or call her
0: or, or verify,
1: I could have just had yes and you know, shipped out $50,000 to George to pay for a conference.
0: Oof. Well, number one, Oof, if I'm, kidding. I hope I'm, I hope kidding. I'm never taking $50,000 from you. But that no. being said, I've seen this happen. And by the way, a lot of the cyber insurance policies, even the really basic ones cover this wire fraud thing, right? Yep. Right? within reason right like (laughs) like if it happens to you all the time then we got a big problem right like this is a blue moon thing but i've seen it happen i've seen it happen several times to people who are like smart people like not not you know i wouldn't say power users but computer savvy and like they just they got bamboozled on the wrong day i mean like
1: it happens and i get it and you know Can a policy and a procedure that's been authorized, trained on, and adopted 100% prevent that? Absolutely not. But it's far better than one person that has the keys to the kingdom that gets some random email that has never been trained. Mm -hmm. Right. What you're doing with having solid documentation specifically around cybersecurity is you're building that defensibility, and you're showing do care, right? Nice legal term for you there. You're showing the jury of the, the cyber insurance or the actual jury or you know mitigators. You're showing, listen, I do care. I did this. I've been following this. This is how I operate. I've been trained on it. And you know what? I went to hit no, and I actually hit yes by mistake. I screwed up, but I haven't done it all along because all along I've been following the policy and the process.
0: Yeah, well, my guess is, you know, a lot of people show up to a lot of, you know, with nothing, they're handing yep. policies, but then like they don't do, like from an implementation of the policy, nobody's nobody's actually trained on what, on what that policy says. And that's usually where, you know, things will break down, right? Um, that's where our platform
1: completely differs. So from the MSP perspective, when you're building out the policies, our documents are vastly different than what you're going to get on the internet. Why? Because every single section of the document, I actually write out explanation text that says, what goes in this box? What goes in that box? How to write an executive summary for a password policy. How to write a purpose statement for an acceptable use policy. Like I take the time in our document library to teach you. So that's the first part. Once you go through that and the document's been authorized and we push it to the end user with a little bit of, and I hate to use AI, because you know it's the buzzword these days, but whatever with a little bit of machine learning, a little bit of artificial intelligence, I can actually read that document, you know, in our own private repo, blah, blah, blah. Put it back to the end user in eighth grade language, eighth grade English, by the way, in terms they can understand and then quiz them on it. Hmm. So here's the document. We took all that mumbo jumbo tech jargon stuff. We put it in in a manner that still means the same, but is at, eighth grade reading level Mm -hmm. and then we test you all done automated through the platform blah blah blah. blah. like so it's not just a checkbox exercise with the end user they actually have to read it understand it and get
0: tested on it yeah so uh lisa who's in the chat was just like hey what's the company name i just wanted to know
1: (laughs) oh compliance risk
0: yeah compliance risk dot io sorry no worries. There you go, Lisa. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So I, I, I love that. Cause like, instead of just handing you all the jargon and you know how many times somebody reads something, Tim, and you're like, do I need an expert to make this make sense for me? <laughs> you know? So I do like that you're, uh, you're ha- having them put that into their own language. So what come like, so is this a broad solution for multiple compliances or are you only working with specific ones? Like how far is this going?
1: I mean, let let's face it. NIST is my baby. I've been living it for seventeen years. You mentioned earlier that there are some cross pieces. I will flat out say cross mapping is not a thing. Don't buy a platform because they say they can cross map. Go look at my LinkedIn article about what NIST po- posted. I'm I'm gonna use my non-military words. I'm going to use my polite words cross mapping is a load of poop.
0: Oh. <laughs> all righty then. Well, that I However, I have had a couple however. of saying, Oh yeah, there could be a 20% cars I'm like, "Oh, okay."
1: Yeah, we'll define crossover, right? Here's the here's the challenge. The yeah. way framework X describes a control and the way framework B describes a similar control is not a one-to-one correlation. Fair. They might be, they like, they can be close, but it is not apples to apples. You might be comparing a Granny Smith to a Golden Delicious. And while they're both apples, they're different flavors and different colors. Okay. So cross mapping, be very careful. Now, our platform is framework agnostic. Yes, okay. we have documentation we have assessments, we have asset, we have all the scorecards for the top 20 frameworks. CIS, one, two, three, NIST, HIPAA privacy, HIPAA security, DSF, New York DSF, basically the ones that you're seeing um with the exception of ISO um ISO is a proprietary paid framework and I don't want to cross lines there so once I get into their ecosystem and then have those legal agreements to be able to do that then I might add ISO but we have ISO experts
0: on staff that can help you okay so
1: framework agnostic
0: I like that so the idea is hey listen you're going to have to go down this road one way or another, or you're going to have to decide to let go of business, right? Like, and, and I would say that if you let go of business, that may be a short term play, because at some point, they're going to get you from one angle, right?
1: So, yeah, you know, and it's really cyber insurances that's going to get pretty much everybody, period.
0: I I wonder, <laughs> I it's the driving I, force. At, at what point is cyber insurance not even attainable, right? Did they just stop offering it? I mean, it sounds like that's an option.
1: Right. And then, you know, fines and and all that, like it, it, it's, you know, you you said HIPAA a couple of times and mm-hmm. as somebody that worked with healthcare organizations in hearing from Joe's Dental or, you know, Dr. Louie, like
0: I ain't doing that insurance will cover it. Not anymore. Oh, no, no, no. Here Here's the, here's the most common one. I'm too small. They're not looking for people like me. Don't worry
1: about it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. The too small conversation. I feel like that's a dead horse, but you're right. Like all of these industries that tend to used to rely on insurance, ain't going to happen anymore. If you're insurable, number one, and number two, great. You either pay now with a wicked high premium or you pay later and end up still paying twice because you didn't do the things that you said you were going to do.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a double whammy. Um, I wonder, I wonder how much the insurance policy covers fines. Uh, probably not much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not an insurance broker. I I tend to move that over to you know uh, Will and them at Fifth Wall Cyber because a I'm not legally allowed to talk about that because I don't know like I'm not. But it, it is interesting. I in fact we're renewing our liability insurance and it's like the just the application from last year to this year with the same company by the way has changed
0: significantly i i gotta think that you know like cars have been on the road for a long time so they got a lot of data cyber probably don't have as much data so and whoever's consulting that whoever they hired to consult with them to generate this documentation that has to be filled out i'm sure uh, that's, that's affecting things. But one thing's for sure. Uh, and I mentioned this, you know, last month, I was on with um our friend from Iron Scales. At what point, oh, yeah. at what point, you know, like when you apply for any insurance, it's a very specific snapshot in time, right? Like it's, hey, what do you have now while you're applying, right? Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the these new pot startups that have popped up right like Cork is an example not insurance, yeah, yeah. But whatever you want to call it like they're continuously scanning right you know like you sign into all your various security tools and they're pulling this data in on a regular I, yeah. I think that that you know I you know we, we said kind of reminds us of the uh, the commercials where you put the dongle into your car and, and that they tell out. you yep. how you have to save money yep. uh, that that's a different story now.
1: Yeah, and that's, I mean, the integrations that we're doing are just like that, right? Prove it. And, let, let, and I'll, I'll, I keep digressing back to my platform, and I don't want to do that. But MSPs have access to all their clients' data, all their platforms, all their tools. You have it. The problem is, is that A, it's not structured. B, it's all over the place. And so what we're building, go back to Bellini Capital again right, go back to what we're doing from the very beginning. Maybe I'm letting secret sauce out, but maybe I don't care. You know, think about having a data lake of structured data from all the disparaged sources across the MOSP ecosystem that then can be microserviced out your little dongle. Plug in the dongle to insurance company A, here's the data in a structured format great i want xy and f we have it it's in the data lake hey, here's the microservice have, oh you need a sim and we need data from the like great here's the microservice go grab it and so that's part of my vision of what i'm building here a compliance scorecard is let's put this data together in a structured manner that can then be consumed to not only meet compliance when and where appropriate but also cyber insurance when and where appropriate and bring it all the way back to the MSP. And this is what I've said a thousand times. And i keep saying it again. You own all the risk today. We want to help you transfer that risk or share that risk when and where appropriate.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. I I think that, that uh, we talk about how easy it is for somebody to just, Show up on the scene, say they're a new IT company, all right, and go out there and do it. But yeah. I think the last five years, the pendulum has swung in a direction where, hey, you could go, you could put yourself in a very bad position legally, financially, yep. <laughs> you know, if you, you know, are 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 not doing things in the appropriate way, you know, for this industry. And I just and like other than learning from people who are have been hit, you know, in the past, um, it's not yet in a place where this is very upfront information. Let's be honest.
1: I, I yeah, think- exactly. Um, yeah. So, so to bring me full circle here, right? Because I know we're coming up on the top of the end. Yep. And I know I talked a lot about a different things and I hate to keep pitching. Um in my opinion, MSPs own all the risk. And if you don't have a manner to share and transfer that risk, starting with their MSA, thank you, Brad and Eric, mm-hmm. starting with their MSA, all the way down to enforcing two-factor, I can't believe it's 2024, we're still complaining about two-factor. Oh, <gasps> right?
0: Still a thing. Still, still a
1: thing. <laughs> yeah, you, hey, hey, we're going to go CMMC, but I refuse to do 2FA. Yep. (laughs) I'm with you. I
0: am. Uh... If you're
1: you're an MSP and you want to protect your own company, I almost said it, you want to protect your own butt, start with your MSA, hire the appropriate lawyer, stop stealing your buddy's template, tailor that thing to your business, and hire the right people to do it. It is possible we maintained FedRAMP moderate for years with no tools. Hmm. Years getting attested by the federal government every three years because the tools didn't exist. So it is possible. I know it because I did it. (laughs) Why? Because it started with solid appropriate policies and procedures. But our platform is way beyond just policies and procedures where new features literally every day. I woke up Monday morning after the holiday weekend, logged in and looked and the devs rolled out risk register. And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? We haven't talked about that on the roadmap. And poof, there it was. That's like, love my dev team. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Uh, Tim, so I think we had it earlier, but Compliance risk.io is the right place yep. to check this out. And yep, or,
1: or compliance scorecard.com, which is where we're moving to by February.
0: Awesome. I like compliance scorecard, that's definitely easy to follow. And then I, I don't know many people named Tim Golden, but I sure I'm sure you're on all the platforms. So uh, if you want to find Tim online, I'm sure it will not be hard. Just put it in to LinkedIn or whatever it is. Um, there,
1: there, I have a cousin that has the exact same name that is a senator. Huh. Oh, or was a
0: senator? <laughs> that must that must have been interesting. Uh I assume that we'll see you again at Write a Boom in Vegas. We will. Okay.
1: we will be there. Big Bellini announcement, right? So, yeah, we love Write a Boom. Andrew's got a really great thing. It's an amazing show. Um, we'll be at a bunch of them coming up this year. Selective ones, appropriate ones, but we'll you know we're out there. You can find us.
0: Awesome. Well, if you if you haven't heard of right of Boom, just Google it. right of Boom Las Vegas, that's where they moved it to this year. Uh I it's still like I think this is our fourth year. Still relative, relatively you know, it's, you know, newish uh event but uh, very security focused and I think that um a lot of lot to be learned the way that they do, they would do what they do. So, Tim, I really appreciate it. I will see you out in Vegas. Uh yes. yeah, I I, I tr- I've avoided Vegas events for years, but Rite of Boom, you know,
1: I went back to Vegas for channel con comp Tia last year for the first time in over 20 years and I still hate it yeah 20 years later
0: <laughs> it, it is what it is uh guys we recorded this session uh, a lot of good things to go back and think about from this one uh so go to mSPinitiative.com under sessions later on today I know obviously we'll post it in all the various places check out again Tim uh golden the non-senator Tim golden and compliance scorecard.com or compliance risk.io and uh we appreciate you listening in on this we, we do these twice a week uh there's a lot of these scheduled going into 2024. I'm excited for this year I know it's the fourth day of the of the calendar year um so good good luck this year guys and don't yeah. go out of it alone there's a lot there's a lot of help out there awesome great job thanks appreciate you Tim talk to you, my friend